You're listening to the Attract and Stand Out podcast created for ambitious, heart-centered entrepreneurs who want to build real relationships, influence others, and make an impact with everyone they meet. I'm your host, Darlene Holly, and I'm a mom of four, a wife, a storyteller, dream builder, and a personal branding and business coach. On the show, you'll hear real conversations about what it means to run your own business, what success actually looks like, and how you can overcome obstacles that get in your way. We're growing businesses with less hustle and more ease, transforming your mindset, and inspiring you to get moving and to follow your dreams. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Hey friends, I'm so excited to announce that I'm hosting a four-day challenge all about how to make more money with your marketing and your online business. If you're a coach, consultant, service-based business owner, entrepreneur, this challenge is for you. I'm going to be teaching you how to master a content strategy that nurtures your community and builds trust. We're going to talk about creating a strategic and fun marketing plan that gets results and still allows time to live your life. We'll be sharing tips on how to craft an offer that calls in your dream clients and has them asking how to work with you. And on day four, we're going to wrap things up with a rock your sales call and close the gap from prospect to paying client. Um, I cannot wait to have you join. You can sign up at darlingholly.com backslash free hyphen challenge, and I will have the link in the show notes. Come join the fun. We'll be meeting in an intimate pop-up Facebook group just for the weeks um, of the challenge, um, and then the group will be closing. So come engage, have some fun, invite your friends, and win some prizes. I'll see you there. Hi, welcome to my mom's podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Attract and Stand Out podcast. I'm your host, Darlene Holly, and I am so excited that you are here with me today. Um, I have with me Allison Pigeon. She is a licensed mental health counselor and a serial entrepreneur with several health-related businesses. She's the CEO of a large group therapy practice in Lancaster, Pennsylvania called Move Forward Counseling. She's also the CEO of Move Forward Virtual Assistance, which specializes in providing VA services for therapy practices. And she also um, provides business consulting services to the practice of the practice. Um, and she has a podcast called Grow a Group Practice, which might sound familiar to some of you guys who know me as, as I was on her podcast, uh, I think a few months ago now. Um, but Allison, I'm so excited to have you on the show with me today. Thank you for being here and taking time out of your busy schedule. Thank you so much. It's fun to be here. Yeah, well, I can't wait to chat with you. Um, last time we had this conversation, the tables were reversed and you were asking me questions. And today I get to chat with you and learn a little bit more about you and your businesses. So before we dive too far in, I would love just to have kind of like a, a mental health update. How are things going for you? Um, we're 18, I don't know, maybe 19 months now into the pandemic. Um, how are you feeling? Yeah, you know, what's interesting is that obviously in the beginning, it was really tough because we didn't have any childcare and we were trying to homeschool and my husband and I were both working. And so I feel like now we have consistent childcare and our kids are back in school and it's just like my mental health is just like so much better because there's like consistency and I'm not getting interrupted by kids every two minutes. Oh yeah. I can totally relate to that one. My kids went back. I think it's been two months now and it's, it's, it was almost weird in the beginning when they first went back to school and we went back to like whatever the new normal was going to look like. I was like, Oh wait, it's so quiet around the house because I work from home. And I'm like, there's, there's no noise. There's no distraction. I almost forgot how to work 
and silence because I got so used to all the chaoticness of the day-to-day -day practice. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, well, I'm glad that you're doing well. And I know it's a relief when we're able to kind of get back to our routine and into our schedules again. So take us back a little bit. So you have a lot of different, I guess, hats, we'll call it, that you wear as CEO. You have a couple of different businesses. Um, but take us back to the beginning. When did you know that you wanted to start your own business and what did that path start to look like for you? Yeah, it's interesting because as a teenager, that was actually what I wanted to do. I didn't know what kind of business I wanted, but I knew I, you know, was really interested in owning a business and entrepreneurship. And then when I went to college, I got really interested in psychology and met um, a professor who ended up being a mentor for me. And she really encouraged me to, um, you know, go to graduate school and get my master's degree and, um, you know, that kind of set me on that trajectory, um, of, you know, becoming a, a licensed professional counselor. And, um, you know, I did that for, oh, probably 12, 13 years before I finally, um, left and started my own practice. Nice. I love it's always nice when we like figure out what we want to do and like, especially with as a, um, I can't even talk, especially with having like a practice like you do, like having the ability to support people and really help them on their journey. I can imagine it's super rewarding for you. And because I'm a coach, I know sometimes we can hold on to like our, our clients' energy and the things that come up with them. Is that something that you've ever struggled with or do you have any tips for coaches or healthcare therapists that struggle with like cutting the cords between like the client energy and what they're talking about versus like keeping themselves super healthy too? Yeah, it's definitely tough. And I will admit that I got burned out many times uh, along that road and, um, you know, had to learn a lot of that the hard way. But I think how I approached it was that I, you know, the client kind of comes to you, obviously, with these issues and these problems. And I always looked at it like, okay, this is where this person's at right now. And like, we're going to just, you know, like help them get better. And it's only going to be up from here. And so I felt like that always made me um, you know, just hopeful and, um, helped me to kind of separate myself from obviously the, the heartbreaking stories that you hear as a therapist and, and that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I know for myself and I've talked to, I've had several clients who have struggled sometimes with that type of thing where you want to help them so much. And usually I'm assuming you're like super giving and want to help support your clients so much sometimes you can get intertwined in that which is why I asked so because I know yeah <laughs> you have to have you have to have really good boundaries yeah and that's and that's usually a mistake that very young therapists make is that they'll you know they'll be working harder than the client and that's something that I always say like if you're working harder than the client then you're not doing your job <laughs> Absolutely. I know for me one of the things that helped me I feel like I don't struggle with it as much anymore. And so maybe it is one of those like early on coaching type of things where um, I would light a candle before a coaching session. And then at the end of the session, I would blow it out kind of like to close that chapter a little bit, kind of cut the cords, mm -hmm. the energies that hang out there. But I'm always, I always find it super fascinating how some people um, energetically, we just hold on to those different things. So you've had your practice for quite a while now. And I know that you've also ventured off and like you have a virtual assistance business as well. And um, you do some business consulting with that as well. 
um, how do those things come to um, play in your business model and how do you balance having like those three different pieces for yourself? Yeah. So obviously when I started the practice, that was my very first business. Um, and then as it grew bigger, I was able to kind of pull myself out of, you know, doing clinical work and running the day-to-day of practice and learn through that whole process. I don't really like being the like operations person. I really, truly like being the CEO. And um, so was able to get to a point where I was far enough along in that process of kind of building up the, the practice that I didn't have to be working, you know, crazy amount of hours after, you know, two years or so. So, um, I was doing a lot of, you know, just talking to different therapists all over the country, um, through business consulting and there's tons of therapists, you know, Facebook groups, and you start to see kind of people asking the same questions over and over. Right. So like, I would get questions from my consulting clients and I'd see in the Facebook groups, like, where do I find a virtual assistant? How do I, you know, I don't want to hire somebody from the Philippines who, you know, isn't a native English speaker and doesn't understand confidentiality laws in the United States and all of that kind of stuff. And then it obviously just after seeing that so many times, I was like, so this is a need that people have, you know, like, you know, is this sort of one of those things as an entrepreneur, like you realize, you know, there's like this gap in the marketplace and people have um, a pain point. And if you can create a business that solves that, then it's probably a good idea. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that you mentioned that because you're right that like finding that gap in the market space is like a sweet spot sometimes when you are like, wait a minute, there's a need here. I have an idea. <laughs> Let's run with it. So that's how you started the virtual assistance piece that I'm for the for other therapists was through that. Gap. Yeah. Yeah. And it kind of ended up being, um, I, I started out, um, naively thinking I could run that and run my practice at the same time. But, um, I was sort of grooming my main kind of office manager to like take it over. And then she ended up getting a new job and left. And I was like six weeks away from having my son. So I was just like, I have to find somebody to run this company for me because I don't want to be running it while I'm on maternity leave. So ended up finding somebody that I knew from her previous job. Um, he had gotten laid off due to restructuring and just said like, Hey, I can't, you know, pay you a ton of money, but it's like a really great opportunity to like kind of run a business without the risk of actually owning it. And he came on board and, you know, grew it from there and refined a lot of, you know, what I had started and he still is running the business today. Yeah, I love that. What would you say has been like the most challenging thing running your businesses? Like if you could name like that one area where it's always feels like it might be a little bit of a sore spot or it makes, it's like always feels like it's a struggle. What has that been for you? Yeah, definitely firing people. That's the worst. Yeah. The worst. The worst job any CEO can have is having to let people go. Yes. (laughs) Unless it's a really like big thing that happens and it's like very easy to be like, okay, that's it. But for the most part, yeah. Have you had some challenging um, situations then with letting people go? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, hiring in a service-based business is so key to just getting it right. And in the beginning, I just didn't know, you know, what I was looking for. I was like, oh, you're a therapist. You have a license. Great. You have a pulse. Come work for me. And like, you can't, you can't, um, have a business that has a defined set of values and a culture 
if you're just sort of hiring everybody, anybody. Um, and so I made some bad hires in the beginning. Um, and I had to learn a lot about, you know, how to refine my hiring process, what questions to ask. Um, one of the most important things I learned really in the hiring process was to talk to them about what are our values and does this resonate with you or not? Cause that, I found that was one of the best places, the best ways to kind of attract the right people and repel the wrong people. Yeah, absolutely. I know, <clears throat> especially now, like people talk about culture and values, like over the past two years, those things, those words are come up a lot. People are talking about them. People are very heightenedly sensitive and aware of them, but I feel like two plus years back, like it wasn't something that was talked about as much um, in the interview process and in those beginning conversations. But the more that we hire, the more people we talk to, I think it's one of those things that we start to address more specifically. And it's so, and, and you nailed it. Like, it's so important. If you can find people that have the same values as you do, and they can come into the culture where they're going to be a part of something bigger than what they are actually doing. It, it takes away some of that stress of hiring somebody who doesn't feel like the right fit or doesn't, um, they, they just don't ever fit really if their values are out of alignment with where you're going with the company. And especially when it's a small team and sometimes it's just you and another person, like those values need to be in alignment for you to be successful and to go forward. Yeah, absolutely. What is um, the biggest success you've had in your business? Like if you, if you can think back of all like the different milestones, which one makes you the most proudest and why? One of the things I feel the most proud about is the way that my therapists are treated and how they feel working at the practice, because unfortunately in my, in my field, and this is, you know, common kind of across the board, I would say, you know, anywhere in the United States, you know, the, the sort of community mental health, nonprofit agency type environment tends to be, um, you know, not a great place to work tends to be a recipe for burnout. Like they expect therapists to see a bazillion clients. They don't pay them well. They don't give them enough resources. Um, you know, they treat them like a number. And so I feel the most proud about like really demonstrating to my staff that I value them and respect them. And I give them a lot of latitude with making decisions and, you know, choosing their schedule and all those kinds of things. And like, I don't think I'm doing anything super fantastic, you know, like we, you know, like send them a little gift on their birthday and, you know, like have little parties, you know, with, for the staff, like every, a few times a year or whatever, like it's nothing like super amazing, but I feel like because other, other mental health um, workplaces have treated their staff so badly that like, even if I do the smallest thing, my staff is like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Allison sent me a card on my birthday. <laughs> You know what I mean? And so I get those, I get those comments a lot from the staff of just how much they, they feel valued and appreciated. And, you know, we talk about self-care, we talk about, you know, how are you going to avoid getting burned out? And like, they're not having those conversations in agency models. Um, and so, you know, I, I truly do care about the staff. And I think that comes across. Um, I just called up my one administrative assistant the other day because we have two of them and the one was telling me the one was was quite stressed out and I was like hey I noticed you haven't taken a vacation yet this year are you going to go on vacation soon 
Like I, I truly was like, please go on vacation because I know you're stressed out and <laughs> it's going to help you. And it's going to help us if you, you know, take vacation and, and feel rested and come back, you know, refreshed and that kind of thing. So, yeah, I think those little things um, mean a lot to them. And I've had a lot of um, staff that have stayed with me a long time. And I feel really proud about that. I love that you mentioned that because I think it's one of those things that the little things go so far when we recognize and reward and, and I'm sure your, your, um, your, your assistant, like when she, when you, when she realized that you knew she hadn't taken a vacation, like that was probably, probably like really connected, like, whoa, like Allison's really paying attention to what's going on. Um, nobody in, in my, cause I know when I was in retail management prior to starting my own business, I would, I couldn't even, if I was like begging to take vacation, I was like, can I please take next week off? Like, or can I schedule something for six months from now? And I felt like every time they're like, oh, well, we have this district walkthrough happening or we have this happening. We need you. We need you. We need you. And it built that culture for me where I was like burnt out and exhausted. And I was like, there's no relief coming. Like, there's not a chance for me to like escape, take a couple of days off or even a week off. Um, so I can imagine how amazing she felt like, wow, like, yeah, I should take a vacation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They asked to go on vacation. I'm like, great. Have a great time. <laughs> so we should, I know for myself when I give myself, cause I have, I have to plan vacations into my calendar cause I could easily not do it as well. Right. Like you just get into your groove of working, but if I plan it and I know it's coming up, it's like that carrot dangling in front of me where I'm like, Oh, I get like some time to like rejuvenate, step away from the business. And as an entrepreneur, you could probably relate to this. Like I'm always thinking about the business but it's more from like that really like high level CEO place. If I'm relaxed at the beach and I get an idea, like I can be inspired and I can write things down and come back to it when I get back from my trip. It doesn't have to be one of those things where I completely shut it off the whole entire time. Like I feel like I, I get my best ideas when I just give myself some space, whether it's a full week vacation or if I take a Friday off just because or a Tuesday, <laughs> um, those are when my best ideas actually usually come. Yeah, absolutely. So um, what would you say separates you from the competition? I know I don't like the word competition really that much, but like when you think of other people that do similar work to you, what makes you stand out? Why do people come to you, do you think? Um, in terms of like being a business owner, like how would I compare to other business owners or? You could or like in a consulting capacity, like why do people come to me as a consultant? Yeah, let's go with that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, um, you know, it's really interesting because I get a lot of comments from people that say that they actually wanted to work with me because I'm a mom. So I have three kids and obviously also have multiple businesses and people are just like, it, how do you do that? And they're like, you know, I want to know how you, how you do all of that. Um, and I think it's just different, you know, like the, um, you know, it's just kind of a different, um, I guess, position to be in, to be the mom as opposed to being the dad. Um, so I have a lot of other female business owners that I think are, you know, attracted to me because of that. Um, and, you know, want to know like, what is, what is your work-life balance look like? And, you know, how do you run four businesses and have three kids and not, um, you know, only sleep two hours at night and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can relate to that because that's 
one of the reasons a lot of clients come to me too is because I'm a mom of four and I run a successful business and I'm somehow, I don't even call it balance. I call it harmony because some days it's more family life. Some days it's more business. It just depends kind of what the ebbs and flow of the week have been, but it's always something that people are, you know, like, like somebody called me superwoman and I was like, no, I don't think I'm superwoman. I'm like, I'm just showing up doing what I have to do. And, you know, some days I completely drop the ball on everything in my business because my family needs me more. And then other days, my family is good. Things are organized. Like the, the days are going well and I can focus more on my business. And it's just, you know, and, and I'm re- I've gotten really good over the years of scheduling my week out and then like moving things <laughs> like, oh, like this is that actually going to happen today. So it'll happen on Thursday instead of on Tuesday, like moving those things over and just knowing that by the end of the week, things will get done and not putting so much pressure that because I said I was going to do it at 10 o'clock on Tuesday and it didn't get done because life happens to all of us, especially, you know, as moms, we, we, we do juggle a lot. We have a lot going on. We have, you know, kids, family life, the work life, and we have to find a way to make it all come together. And yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I think that, you know, one thing that I try to teach other um, people as well is like really, delegating out what you don't need to be doing and only spending your time on what you absolutely need to be doing. Um, I actually just had somebody email me the other day. She's like, I'm sure your schedule is like crazy, busy, jam-packed. And I was like, not really. <laughs> like, cause I basically delegated everything that I don't want to do to everybody else. So like, I don't work eight, 10 hours a day. Maybe I work four or five hours a day. You know what I mean? Like yeah, I think people, I think that's a hard concept for people to wrap their minds around. Yeah. And it, and you don't have to do like big delegations to start. I know I have this conversation with people often, like they feel like they've like delegate everything and like, they're worried, like, how am I going to afford to do that? Or what will I do? <laughs> Those types of things. But I know for myself, like I started small when I started delegating stuff off and it wasn't even a stuff in my business in the beginning. It was simple, like getting a house cleaner, like to come in once a month. Um, to help just kind of keep like the, the, the overall maintenance, you know, everything clean. Like I can organize, straighten up and do all that stuff, but it's really nice to not have to do the deep cleaning every week. So even starting super small where you're just having somebody come in to help with that or having somebody come in and help with the kids for a couple hours in the afternoon um, can be such a relief for people. And then you slowly start adding in, okay, now I can have a virtual assistant because I've been able to grow my business and focus on it so much. I'm not, you know, scrubbing toilets or doing those other things. I'm actually able to focus on the things that are actually going to move me forward and help me grow my business. Right. Exactly. So yeah, delegation is absolutely key. And it's something that I feel like so many people have a really hard time. It's making that first move and knowing when they're ready to bring somebody in. So I'm always like, just start small, like start with the house cleaner and they're like, we'll work our way up <laughs> from there. Right, right, exactly, yep. I'm like, cause most of, most of at least my clients, like they're service-based entrepreneurs or coaches, consultants, experts, most of them are solopreneurs. They have, it's just them running their business and they're doing all the things and they wanna start um, like up-leveling from there. And so they're looking at maybe hiring a virtual assistant for, you know, five hours a week to start. Not necessarily, you don't have to have somebody that comes in and like takes over your whole operation in the very beginning. It could be something which I'm assuming like your, your other business, with the virtual assistant, like probably some of your, the, your, your employee, I don't know if employees are a word, your, 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 um, I can't even say the word. <laughs> your customers. 
your customers, <laughs> I was thinking the opposite. Like they're, they're probably working with some people that only need them a couple hours where some of them might yeah. want 20 hours. So it can vary yep. on what your needs are and how um, they want to be supported in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, what do you wish you knew when you first got started? Like if you could go back and talk to Allison, when you first started your first business, what do you wish you knew then that you know now? Yeah, I wish I would have hired a business consultant way sooner because I spent a lot of time making a lot of kind of dumb mistakes. Um, and I could have just progressed so much faster. Um, I also realized, and it took me a long time to learn this, that, you know, when you're running a business, you're really, you know, making these like strategic investments in growing your business and ultimately growing your revenue. And so I, I guess I, it took me a while to sort of connect those dots. Um, because, you know, in the beginning it felt like, oh my gosh, well, I'm going to, you know, rent this new bigger office and now the rent's going to be this much money. And so it just felt like, oh, all these like expenses are like mounting and like, you know, like the expenses keep going up, but I also didn't realize like, oh, but this is also going to allow my revenue to keep going up, you know? So, um, yeah, that's something that I like to, um, teach my consulting clients now, because, you know, you start a group practice, you're putting a lot of money into getting that up and going and you have no idea how much, you know, that is going to ultimately, um, kind of net you in the future. Um, so I always tell people I started my, I started a little solo practice. It was just me. I spent $3,300 on my own money and that's the only money I ever put into my, my business. So I always just like reinvested the profits and this year we'll probably make about $1.8 million. So I always say to people, if you could take $3,300 today and six years later have almost $2 million, wouldn't you do that? And they say, well, yeah, of course. And I'm like, well, that's what you're doing when you're growing your business. <laughs> Yeah, every every time we invest in ourselves and we put that money back in, it just it snowballs. It gets bigger and bigger the more we invest in ourselves. That's I think that's something that a lot of people are afraid to do is invest, like you said, like into a business coach or consultant or a mentor or someone to kind of come alongside them to help push them forward and get them there quicker. Like sometimes we um, stay stuck because we don't we don't allow for that capacity to really expand and to invest in ourselves to move move ourselves forward at a quicker pace. Absolutely. Yep. So what is next for you? Like what's coming up on the horizon when you think of um, your businesses? Is there anything that you're focusing on or? Yeah. So I just, you know, like any good entrepreneur who's visionary, I keep getting new ideas. And then um, sometimes I just kind of put them on the shelf because you can't do all the things all at once. But I am working on a new project. It's actually almost done. So I'm creating a website um, that is a really easy um, way for therapists who want to furnish an office to buy all the furniture and decor that they would need to furnish an office. So if, um, and, and it's sort of like all um, organized by style. So I don't know if you're familiar with um, websites like Havenly or Modsy where you can go on and like hire a designer and they can help you like design your room and pick out furnishings and all of that kind of stuff. Um, we're, we're doing essentially the same thing except for um, therapy offices. So that's going to be launched probably in the next month. 
Um, and it's called Thera Suite. So it's going to be at thera-suite.com, like hotel suite. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited about that because I love interior design. That's like a big um, passion of mine. I like decorating my own house and enjoy decorating my offices. And I worked with a designer to decorate my offices and um, we're putting these boards together um, for folks. They can just like purchase all the links from a board. They can order order the stuff from like Amazon or Target or wherever it's from. And then they just like have instant office delivered to them. I love it. I love that all of your, um, your business ideas all kind of pull together from one place. Like you, you've kind of like found the perfect niche for you and you've like found like little gaps in the market where you can support those people as well um, within your industry, which I love. So I think that's exciting that you have this, that new platform coming out. I can only imagine um, probably you could have used that when you started your business, right? Like when you first started, you're like, what the heck am I, like, how do I decorate this office space? What am I going to do with this? How do I maximize the space that I have, make it feel really relaxing and comfortable as people come in, but then it also like pulls your personality and your style into it as well. Yeah. And you also need certain things that like you wouldn't know unless you were a therapist, like you need to have a clock on the other side of the room so you can see what time it is. Um, you know, you need to, you know, just these little kind of little things that I've learned along the way of how to like set the room up and the things you need, the things you don't need, you know, that we're including in that as well. I love it. Perfect. Well, Allison, this has been so fun. We're going to um, move into rapid fire questions now, which I love to ask my guests just to get to know you a little bit better. Um, what, who would you say has made the biggest impact on your life? If you could name one person that's influenced you. Mm, that's a hard question. Um, I would say probably the, the um, professor I had in college who encouraged me to go to graduate school and become a therapist. That was a huge life changing event for me. Yeah, I imagine. And what is your happy spot when Allison needs to reset, recharge? Is there a place you like to go or something you like to do? Yes, we like to go to the Outer Banks of North Carolina. Mm. Sounds amazing. <laughs> yes, seen, but um, uh, it's 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 the beach. You know, there's a um, kind of very small, like long sliver of an island that's off the coast of North Carolina. Sounds perfect. Um, if you could travel anywhere in the world, if I can give you a plane ticket, which we, I know we can't go everywhere right now, but if I, if you could go, where would you go and why? Yeah, so I traveled quite a bit in college, um, but one place we didn't go was um, like Indonesia. Like I always wanted to go to um, like Bali and places like that. So that's where I would go. Yeah, I'm all about traveling right now. I'm like, where can I go anywhere? I'm actually going to Vegas tomorrow. So I'm excited just to get away for a couple of days. <laughs> and um, my last question for you is, are you binge watching anything on TV <laughs> currently? <laughs> yes, I am. I'm a little behind the times, but I am binge watching Schitt's Creek right now on Netflix. That was amazing. I watched that one yeah. right at the very beginning of the pandemic. I found it and I was like, it was exactly <laughs> what I needed. And I always laugh because I would watch it usually while I was in bed. And so my husband would be asleep and I was watching it on my phone, like, you know, it was all snuggled in and I would just start laughing and he, I would wake him up and he'd be like, what are you laughing about? <laughs> 
one mm. is a goodie. I'm glad you're watching it. It's one of my favorite ones, from, I would say, over during the pandemic. That and Frank and Gracie has just been kind of like lighthearted and fun to watch. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You got to watch things that are not too serious, right? During a pandemic. Absolutely. Mm-hmm, <laughs> well, Allison, this has been so fun. I know people are going to want to connect with you and reach out. Where should we send them to? Yeah, probably the best way to find me is through the Practice of the Practice website. Um, so that's practiceofthepractice.com. Um, and you can email me at Allison with one L at practiceofthepractice.com if you want to connect and hear about the different options for business consulting. We have different membership groups. Um, yeah, that's, I love doing that work. So happy to talk about it. Awesome. And do you want to share your podcast as well? Oh yeah, that'd be great. Um, so my podcast is called grow a group practice and obviously it's all group practice, um, related for therapists and, um, try to, you know, provide content that's sort of for everybody from somebody who's just thinking about starting to somebody who's in a beginning phase to somebody who's a more veteran group practice owner who might be, you know, starting to look at other things, um, or continuing to scale up their business. Awesome. Well, Allison, thank you so much for being here. It was so fun chatting with you and getting to hear a little bit more about your story. I so appreciate you being here. And that's a wrap, everybody. That's another episode of the Attract and Send Out podcast. Remember, I believe in you. You're allowed to shine. You're allowed to stand out. You're allowed to be you. We'll see you next week. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you love the show, leave a review and subscribe on whichever platform you're listening on. It would mean the world to me. As a special thank you, I want to offer you a free gift, my Uncover Your Niche workbook and video training that helps you become unforgettable to your audience. You can sign up at darlingholly.com. I look forward to seeing you all next week. In the meantime, have an amazing week and we will talk soon.